Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, April 25th, 2021. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. Another spectacular show coming up for you tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, former co-host of Hockey Night New York, Mr. Tony Stabale, will be joining us to catch up, talk about the Islanders. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is my pal over here, Christian Arnold. Christian how are you? I'm doing well, Sean. Probably better than the Islanders have been doing the last couple of games, but I'm sure there's a lot to talk about with that. I think that's fair. <laughs> you probably are doing better than the Islanders right now. Who have now dropped down to third in the division. It's true, and we're going to talk about it, but before we do, I want to remind everybody that we are happy to be sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Make sure you head on over for great food, great people, and great service. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com. We're also happy to be sponsored by Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optimum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516 856 7800 for three free months of service. So, with that out of the way, we'll look back at the week. Christian, they beat down the Strangers 6 to 1 on Tuesday, and then it started to go downhill a little bit. The good thing is they. They got some goals in that game, but then they went away quickly <laughs> when they when the Caps came to town on Thursday night. Uh, they played a solid game against the Caps, 0-0. Varlamov got the shutout, but they end up losing in the skills competition. Not much you can do about that. And then, of course, we come to last night where we have round two versus the Caps, and that did not go so well. They dropped that one 6-3. So at the end of the week, Christian... One one and one. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but I was on the money. You were very with good with my prediction. Very Thank good. you. I wish I was wrong, to be honest yeah. with you, but that's how I saw it was going to go, and it did. And with that out of the way, Christian, what do you say, CA? Well, I think at this point there are certain things to be somewhat concerned about, and I think there are certain things that are being a little bit overblown at, at this point in the year. Every every game is going to be a dogfight, and every game is going to be a, a tough matchup, especially when you get the Washington Capitals three straight games here to end the season or at the end of the season. We're down to eight games now in the schedule for the Islanders, so mm-hmm. things are things are coming up to a, a close quickly. And I, I think obviously the fact that they kind of got out of their rut with as far as that uh, goal scoring drought against the New York Rangers that was a good thing. The concerning thing is the fact that it wasn't translated and at least into the next game against the Washington Capitals. Now, as good as the Islanders played in that first period, they also didn't play great in the second or third. So, And it forced Semyon Verlamov to be really good in those second and third periods to kind of stave off the Washington Capitals and force that game into overtime and, and then the eventual shootout loss um, to the Capitals. So, I don't know. I think that thir- Saturday night's game was a little bit better. You saw a little bit more fight from the Islanders in certain aspects, and then, then that kind of trailed off as well. The Islanders put up three goals, which is good. But at the same time, Ilya, uh, Ilya Sorokin had a really rough game. The Islanders kind of looked yeah. super out of their elements as far as the style that they need to play to be successful. And they just haven't looked like that the last couple games, to be honest. Yeah, it was a weird one. And, and that's kind of been a, a theme here. I, I guess you could maybe chalk it up to since the deadline or since they kind of started 
you know, playing, you know, close to 500 hockey and just kind of up and down. They, they, they lost that consistent Islander hockey that we're used to. We got a glimpse of it Tuesday mm-hmm. against the Rangers, but then, you know, a tougher team like the Caps come in. And, and, and again, I don't actually don't have a problem with their game Thursday night. They didn't score, but the Caps didn't either. But they played a solid game. They looked like themselves that night. It was more just last night where things kind of went south. And that was discouraging, especially to start the game. The first period, the Caps dominated it. Actually, very similar to the game previous where the Islanders right. kind of dominated the yep. first period, but they didn't get any goals on the board. The Caps did. Right. That was the difference. And, and I, you know, you give the Islanders a little bit of credit because they, they played a little better in the second period. They tied the game up. They made it 2-2. Two to two. And then the Caps took over from from then on and into the third period, and the Islanders just couldn't get it back together. And like you said, there was uh, some rough goals given up by Ilya Sorokin, which which has been a bit of a rarity this season. Yeah. He's obviously been playing great, especially at home at the Coliseum, so his streak is obviously over there. But, you know, look, there's going to be games like this. I know I, I use that phrase a lot, but it, it just happens. You can't expect 100% every night. But, but, look, because it's so late in the season, because all these teams are tightening up like we knew they would, mm-hmm. they're jockeying for position if they want home ice, if they want a banner – at, at UBS Arena next year, they got to get it together. There's only eight games left, and I think. But I think the concerning thing, and I will say this: I'm, you know, I'm not the one to jump up and down and um, kind of freak out over all, all these different things that I think people tend to, and mm. especially with a truncated season like it is. But yeah. the the lack of scoring. Now we know the Islanders aren't going out and putting up six goals every night, or right. even three or four every night. You know, mm-hmm. the Islanders are very comfortable. Barry Trotz has said it before. Lou Lamarill has said it before. They're very comfortable with winning a game one nothing two one. There's, there's no that's not a surprise to anybody. The concern though has been when really you look back from April first, uh, that that first game in April against the Washington Capitals, which was the the eight four track meet when Matthew Barzell had the hat trick. Till about now, the Islanders' goal scoring has kind of dried up for the most part. Yeah. Um, and you look at certain aspects of their game, and it's kind of slipped away from where it needs to be. The yeah. crisp passing, you know, the strong end play in their own end, um, you know, the good defensive effort, which translates into putting those points on the board in the offensive zone. Um, that's they've kind of gotten away from that the the last month of the season, and obviously the trade deadline, going out and getting Travis Ajak and um, um, Palmieri. Palmieri and um, Braden Coburn. Coburn, kind of an afterthought there, but Braden Cor- Cor- Coburn also kind of fitting into. You know, they're not necessarily putting up, I should say, Palmieri isn't necessarily putting up the points you'd need him or expect him to at this point in the year uh, as as well for this team because uh, you need that goal score. You need some points. You need someone to go put the puck in the net. And then when you look at the power play, the Islanders had a couple power play goals on Saturday night, which was a rarity. But the fact that they went out and they kind of wasted that effort and didn't get the didn't get the win on a night they put two power play goals in the back of the net. I mean, that's a real rarity too, considering how infrequent the Islanders have been able to produce on the on the special teams. And you know, we talked about it with Andrew Gross the last time he was on last show about that kind of surprising comment from Barry Trotz about the the way he views the power play at this point. And yeah. while the Islanders' power play didn't cost them a game on Saturday, uh, not on Saturday, they actually could have helped them win. On Thursday, you have those two late opportunities in the game that could have changed the course of the of the evening. It certainly didn't help. And I think the fact that the power play fails to generate a, a lot of quality chances, they almost seem timid at times, um, and they're not putting the puck on the net. They're, they're going for the perfect play or they're, you know, trying to do too much with the puck instead of making those simple put the puck on the net and, and get someone in front and try and get a, a dirty goal, if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's killing them right now. And, and that's a huge thing, especially when they're getting 
all these power play opportunities. And you know how rare and bizarre last night's game really was for the Islanders? Is that all of their goals were on special teams. <laughs> two on the power play, one shorthanded, right. that blast from Pelic. And then all the goals they gave up were even strength. All yeah. six goals, even strength. No empty netter. And it's just, I mean, when do you see that? It's bizarre. From an Islander yeah. game, right? Usually they, they lead the five-on-five five game. And if anything, they'll trail the special teams because their power play just isn't as good as the Absolutely. other guys. Yeah. But so, I mean, the, the, the Islander hockey was just kind of turned on its head last night with the way those numbers came out. And, and look, I mean, the bottom line is it's just another game where the effort wasn't good enough. The Capitals came out flying. They got some goals. Again, the game certainly doesn't rest on Sorokin's shoulders. It's the whole team. But, right. you know, that first goal might have set the tone a little bit because that was a weak one. It's one that he should have had. And, you know, whether the coverage was there or not, but it's a goal he should have, uh, he should have been able to stop. And, and there was another one later on in the game that he should have. And would say two out of the six goals he should have had. And, look, you give your goalies a break, right? Again, just, just like I said about the team, about the season, yeah. they're not going to play like robots every, every night. They're going <laughs> to have some rough games. So he finally had one last night. It's a shame that the timing has come now where, you know, it seems like every team up there in the top four is really getting down to business here. Right. With Boston, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh getting the win today. They actually leapfrogged into first place. So you got them in first now. You got the Caps in second. You have the Islanders. And I think they're at least three points now behind the Caps. So, I mean, you got to look at this next game on Tuesday in D.C. And if they kind of want to stick in this home ice advantage, you need a regulation win Tuesday night. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I think it becomes it becomes even more critical. The Islanders drop down to, you're right, the uh, Penguins leapfrog into, into the uh, first place. You have the Washington Capitals at 66 points in second place, and the Islanders with uh, 63 points in third in the Eastern, Divi- uh, East, uh, Eastern Division. So Sponsored by Mass Mutual. I wasn't even going to go there, but sure, sure. Um, <laughs> but you're not wrong. It is sponsored by Mass Mutual. <laughs> right. um, but it is, it is a, a point now where... This is not the time you want to drop out of first place, considering how successful the Islanders are, or the top two, I should say, for home ice advantage. Yeah. Considering how successful the Islanders have been on home ice this year, it's the, uh, the last two games of the first time all season, the Islanders have lost consecutive games on home ice. So I think that should say something about how important it is to actually get home ice, where yeah. we've talked about, and I know you kind of don't think it's there anymore, but uh, this season at least, but it still seems like home ice advantage plays a big role in the Islanders' success. So going into the playoffs, you want to get as much uh, momentum and be in as best position as you can to repeat what they did last year. And dropping down a third in the division certainly is going to help that that uh, that task at hand. And I think that there's something that was said, I want to say a little a couple a week or so ago, by uh, a New York Met player, Francisco Lindor. I don't know if you've probably, you've probably never heard Are of him. Are you doing us. this to me on purpose? No, no, but there is a point to it. There's a point to the comment. Okay. And, they, and the Mets had a real clunker of a game. They got destroyed by the Chicago Cubs. And okay. Lindor, and, you know, it's a 162-game season. There's, I know. You know, you, you have games like that, especially in baseball. And the one thing that stuck out in my mind is that that's the kind of game you want to have now or in spring training, rather, in September. Sure. You're battling for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. And I think those, ro- those words really ring true for the Islanders right now because this is a game not that you'd want to have, have had in January as early in the season, but that's a game I guess you could afford to have one or two of those in January. Now you can't afford to have those games, especially with how tight the division really has become. Mm-hmm. And the Islanders have allowed themselves to drop down a couple points. I think I think Barry Trotz has preached it all season. You want to pick up, you know, shootout losses, overtime losses, and wins. You're just going out there and trying to pick up as many points as you can so you can have those points in the bank for the end of the year. Well, now we've hit the end of the year. The Islanders need to have those points in the bank, and they're kind of using those points that they bank because now – 
you know, these other teams, they've gotten really good. Boston's gotten really good with the addition of Taylor Hall. I was 100% wrong with wrong about that. Um, Pittsburgh's Hindsight, can, man. Pittsburgh's continued to play really strong recently. Washington, obviously, playing really well. They're all turning on. This is not the time of year the Islanders can afford to go out and not have good games or have these efforts because everyone around them is now winning. It's true, and we're going to talk about it more, and we're going to talk about it with Tony. So with that, thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash HockeyNightNY. And, of course, at your favorite podcast providers. A lot of fun coming up with Tony. And also, we got that contest giveaway that we're going to announce later on. So stick with us here at Hockey Night New York. We'll be right back. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country. You'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800. That's 516-856-7800. 7800 or visit them on the web at tietechnology.com that's tie t-i-e technology.com tie technology the right choice for your internet phone service the only thing better than a great long island deli is a great long island deli run by diehard islander fans blue line deli and bagels located at 719 west jericho turnpike in huntington will make any islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and isles decor Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels, along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying... Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You are watching Hockey Night in New York. And now it's time for On the Line, brought to you by Thai Technology. Joining us right now is old friend of the show, old former co-host, Mr. Tony Stabile. How does it feel to be Tony Stabile? Uh, I'm on with you guys. How can I have a great time? <laughs> All right. That's what I that's, like to hear, pal. Love the energy, Tony. Love the energy. So welcome back. And let's talk Island of Hockey. We were just discussing before you got on that it... Wasn't the best week in the world. I guess it wasn't the worst. They went 1-1-1, one, one, and one, uh, NHL 500. What did you see out there? What do you make of these three games the week previous? Well, I mean, by the way, you both look uh, you look great. John, I love your NHL shirt. That Thanks, is, brother. Appreciate old it. school as they come. So yeah, baby. I'm an old school guy, so I'm digging it very much. Thank you very much. Sure. Christian, I like the facial hair. It's making you look uh, <laughs> almost like you're uh, you're I'm, an adult. Almost I love it. fifteen. It's, 
Wow. It's, yeah, man. Hey, <laughs> uh, every, every little bit helps is what, uh, is what I always All right. Say. We're getting a fashion rating from, from yeah, Tony to like start it. the show. Okay. Yeah, man. Hey, look, you know, I, I, I aim to please. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> all right, bro. Um, we had no. We look. We had three. We had three games this year. Um, the three games this week. And um, I mean, in all seriousness, I thought that you know the first two games, the, the Islanders are a team that have become really, really good at winning games they have no business even being in. Okay, <laughs> I mean, they really they've done a fantastic job of this this year. So many times you watch a game, and you'll be like. Five years ago, they never get a point in this game. They lose this game six to one, or you know something to that effect. And honestly, they've been they've been excellent at keeping themselves in a the game, not letting a game get too far out of out of reach. A lot of it has to do with goaltending. I mean, Sorokin and Varlamov have been very very good at keeping them in games. The defense again um, in front of them has done a really good job with that. But that did not happen yesterday uh, by any stretch of the imagination. The defense played poorly. They did not get the timely goaltending. And you saw, I mean, you get a game where they end up losing 6-3 to three like they did yesterday. Um, I think that um, the new guys that have come in have, have not had the immediate impact that I think that everyone would have liked. And I think probably that they would have you know, liked to have had. But Peugeot had the same problem last year when he came in. It took him a little time to get adapted. You know, um, it took him a little time to get going. But when he did get going in the playoffs, he was fantastic. You know, we did have the the break between for COVID and whatnot. So, I mean, honestly, I think that they could have had a much worse week. They could have gone 0-3 very, very easily. Um, but to go away, to come away with this week 1-1-1 is, you know, is is not terrible. Talking with Tony Stabile on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. Tony, always good to talk to you, my friend. And certainly the last couple games, I would imagine, in the last couple weeks seem to have Islander fans on edge. And you are obviously a big Islander fan. You have the pulse of the Islander fan heartbeat. Where is your feeling as far as the where the Islanders are at the moment? Obviously, there's some struggles going on. There's a lot of concern from some people. Other people are saying it's going to happen. Where in in the scope of things are you in as far as where how seriously concerned people should be about the Islanders and how they're playing right now? Look, we all know that Islander fans can be a very passionate bunch. You know that they can be times that at times they could be. Uh, you know, have their finger on the pulse of the team, saying, "Hey, everything is going to be fine." And then you're going to have you're going to have fans who are immediately going to say, "Oh, look, they're, gonna, they're starting to slip. Uh, it's not the time to do it." They weren't playing well at this time last year. I mean, they really weren't playing well. They're playing terrible this time last year. Well, not this time, but a little bit earlier when COVID, right. every, when everything happened with COVID and it started. But you know, they were able to pull themselves together after the break, and they played fantastic in the playoffs. This is a team that I think is designed to play playoff type hockey. They've been they play these types of games all season long. They're prepared for it. Are they going to go through stretches? I mean, what they've lost what thirteen games in in in, uh, in regulation this year? Fourteen games in regulation. They're they're a very very good team. They're very well coached. They have great personnel. They have. I don't even want to say it, but they have, you know, most of the guys have played in the lineup on a nightly basis. They brought in reinforcements. They're, you know, six, seven deep on the, on the, on the defensive side. I, I don't think there's a really, there's a lot to be concerned about at this point. I think that they just, they're going to go through patches where they're not going to play their best. And I think they're going to snap out of it. And I think that that's what they've done pretty much all year long. So Tony, as far, as far as some of the, um, more specific matters with the Islanders. Sean and I were talking about it before in terms of 
their their five on five play specifically on 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 Saturday. Ironically enough, the power play and special teams were the one that were running uh, the show and and getting the Islanders back into the game into the game. And it was the five on five game that was actually hurting the Islanders in kind of bizarro land, Islander land that we saw <laughs> against the Washington Capitals. When you look back at last night's game, what was one of the more pressing issues that you saw or? or things that perhaps maybe are a concern right now with the Islanders? Uh, I mean, I don't think that I'm not, I'm not looking at this team and seeing that there's pressing, pressing issues. You know, I mean, I think that they were a little, they've gotten such great goaltending this year. I think Mm. they're surprised when they're, when their goaltenders actually give up uh, a bad goal. And, and Sorokin gave up two stoppable shots, you know, two stoppable goals last night. And I think that's kind of takes them by surprise. I really do. I, I really feel like, that's something that this team as the is probably the one thing that they haven't had to adapt to this year because they've gotten such solid goaltending out of Sorokin and out of Varlamov. So, I mean, both of those guys are over a 920 save percentage. Um, you know, they've been terrific. And I think that that kind of took them. That first goal was, that was not a good one for Sorokin. And I, he'll be the first one to tell you that he, he definitely would want that one back. Um, but, uh, you know, the defense did not, you know, the defense did not play well. Um, Scotty Mayfield has had a kind of a rough go of it recently. You know, he's, he's a solid defenseman. He really is, but you know, he's, he's been a turnover. I don't want to call him a turnover machine, but he is definitely (laughs) turning over the puck a lot more than he has in years past. You know, he's got a little bit more responsibility on him than he has in years past, you know, no boy Chuck and, you know, and, uh, and, and no, uh, no Devon Taves, you know, remember Devon Taves was a whipping boy last year before we got into the playoffs. So there's always someone back there that, that, that the fans are getting on because he's giving the puck away. But, you know, I think that again, he played real, real solid in the playoff last year. You know, he, you know, he had some, some, you know, made some big plays and he's a guy who's going to find his way. You know, he's just, he's having a tough go of it that right now. And, you know, but you, you talk about the rest of the guys on D, you know, Noah Dobson's 20 years old. Like he's, you know, he's, he's still a kid. So he's learning his way. He's, he's played well, but yes, he's still going to make the occasional mistake. Nick Letty has been great. So I, I think that, you know, yeah. it, it, concerning the fact that the defense has played a little, a little poorly here and there in, in a couple of different games and they haven't played up to, you know, the way that they're, we're used to them playing. I'm not really concerned about the fact that they're going to find their games. Okay, I feel the same way, but you know, we started talking about this a little bit last week, and what sort of effect do you think the trade deadline has had on this roster? You bring in a couple of new guys, particularly Paul Marion's Ajax, since you know, Coburn only got into one, but has that disrupted the chemistry of this team a little bit with Barry trying to find the right line combinations? He still you know, has these guys, you know, not jumping around the lineup, but he's tried a couple of different combinations here. And, and you know, obviously there was some encouraging signs Tuesday against the Rangers when they blew them out of the water with six goals. But obviously overall goal scoring has still been a problem for this team. So what effect do you think the trade deadlines had on this roster? And, and is that something you think that's going to eventually smooth over as well? I do. I think it'll smooth over. I, I think that it definitely has... I don't want to. I don't want to say that it's caused a problem. I think that. I think that trying to find anytime you, you you get a guy and you try to or two guys and you try to fit them into your lineup, you know. I mean, Zajac and Palmieri are two are, are two very solid players. They're going to help this team. They're going to help them in the playoffs. I, I, I 
I just think that it's it's it is taking some time to try to get them. The Islanders play a, a just you know systematic hockey, you know, and and they played for Barry for two years. It's essentially the same roster, so you know these guys know where they have to be. They know where they have to go. And again, Pajot had the same issue in the couple of games he played before the COVID shutdown, and then he you know he had some time to gel with the guys. He had the time to gel with the room, and you and we all see how well that's worked out. So I think Palmieri and Jay Jack will will have the same effect. It's just going to take a little time to get, you know, to get them to that point where they feel completely comfortable playing Barry style hockey. And I think they'll they'll get there. I have no doubt about it. Right, for sure. And, you know, you talk about names like Mayfield, him having a little bit of a struggle right now. And, you know, you, you can you can look at the roster and see who has has a, a bad game here or there. You know, Barzell's had some turnover issues lately. Obviously, he's not coming out of the lineup. But... You see names floating around Twitter. I'm, I'm even seeing it in the chat here. Guys people want to see in there. Guys people want to see out of there. And, I mean, let's look at, you know, I guess the players, especially in the forward crop, that, you know, are kind of on the fringe. Guys that you might see in there, uh, you, you know, might come in and out, whether it's Zajac, whether it's Komarov, whether it's Wallstrom. I guess uh, maybe to a lesser extent, Bellows. It seems like he's been forgot about re- a little bit recently. And, of course, I, I said last week he's going to get in there. And now, of course, he won't. But... But do you have any guys that you want to see in there? Maybe even if you want to go deeper than that, some some line combinations as far as if Wallstrom comes back in or you know Leo Komarov. I mean, do you are you cool with the rotation that Barry has going? A guy gets in a couple games and he comes out, or is there like do you want to see more consistency? And are, are there any particular guys you want to see in that extremely loaded question? Uh, <laughs> yeah, really teed that one up for me, pal. Thank you Tried very my much best. for that. <laughs> Um, Notice who asked you the better questions, Tony. Just putting oh, that out there. Oh, here we go. We're gonna. St- we're gonna I mean, Christian, we, we don't even have to. We don't even have to go there, pal. I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> okay. Saying anything. So, um, <laughs> I mean, look, uh, should Oliver Wallstrom be in the lineup on an every night basis? Yes, he definitely okay. should. Okay. He's shown throughout the year Check that he, he is an NHL player. He should be in the lineup every night. Okay. But I think that we've also seen. Uh, I, I think we saw it early on in the week with, with Leo Komarov, you know, like he has a role to play on this team. And when he's not, when he's not expected to produce offense or so on and so forth, when he's just out there to get underneath people's skin and draw penalties and, you know, be on the penalty kill, he has a role to play on this team. So I understand Barry wanting to try to keep him in the lineup. Um, I personally think that Wallstrom should be in at all costs. I think Zajac has a role to play on his team. I really do. I think he gives you another really solid off, another solid uh, faceoff guy. I think mm-hmm. that he can provide that offense. He provides the leadership that I think that they it was part of the reason why they made the trade to get him. Um, so, you know, if you're going to choose between Zajac and Komarov, I'm going to tell you nine times out of ten, Zajac should be in the lineup. So, I mean, Kiefer Bellows, you've heard Barry say wonderful things about Kiefer yeah. Bellows. Thank God we kept him. Right. And, you know, yeah. he, you know, he's a big part of this future. And that's great. That's wonderful. But really, when you look at this team right now with, you know, people being healthy and Palmieri in the lineup and Zajac in the lineup and, you know, having to figure out between Wallstrom and Komarov who's coming in, who's coming out. Right now, Bellows is a step below those two guys, and I don't think you're going to see either. You know, you're going to see him in the lineup. Dalcol, I mean, uh, look, Michael Dalcol is, you know, again had a role on this team before Travis Ajak got here. I'm kind of not feeling having him in the lineup on a nightly basis, so I would probably put him below Komarov and and Wallstrom, and it doesn't seem to be the case in a couple of different games, you know, recently. So, 
I, I would say Wallstrom is the guy who's got to be in the lineup on a nightly basis. And then, you know, and you, you, you got to get Leo in there every, every so often because, you know, he, he does have a role on this team. And, and when he plays it well, he's, he's a big part of it. Talking with Tony Stabile here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Tide Technology. And Tony, I, I, I guess to kind of bounce off that question a little bit, are you are you buying into this this um, kind of what I guess what Barry's been saying the last couple games that that Ollie uh, that Wallstrom's been out um, that this is more that there seems to be some some issue with how he's been practicing as well as, as well as his game. He's obviously not put up a ton of points recently, uh, but also Barry's trying to. I guess protect him a little bit as they maneuver their way through their first pro season. The same thing basically that he said when what he was doing with Noah Dobson when he pulled him out for a game or two, and that these guys have not played full NHL seasons on a consistent basis where you're playing every other night, where they these guys are used to playing maybe every couple nights at best, but most of you know, coming from the college game, they only play on the weekends. Coming from the you know, juniors, it's it's the same kind of situation. Are you, do you kind of believe that that's also the case, too, of why Wallstrom and, and the Times Dobson have come out of the lineup? I do. I mean, I, I, Barry is, is a real straightforward kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. I don't, he's not up there to kind of, you know, to, to BS you when he's up doing you know, when he sits on in front of the microphone. So I, I do believe that's part of it. And it has to be because, you know, this is a this is a weird season. It's only 56 games. But, you know, you got some teams are playing, you know, three, four times in seven day period. So it, it is a lot. It's definitely a lot for a young guy who's not used to playing the amount of hockey. And it's pressure packed hockey as well. You know, every night is like a playoff game, especially because you're playing, you know, teams only in your, you know, in, in, in your division. And, you know, every game seems to be like it's a playoff game. So I can understand wanting to, you know, protect them a little bit, you know, and also you're rotating guys in and out of the lineup because you, you want to keep people healthy, too. You want to head into the playoffs with a relatively healthy roster. So I'm, I'm assuming that at some point or another, he's going to do that as well. But, I, yeah, I, I can definitely see that that's the case, you know, with Dobson especially. And sometimes, look. When you have a guy who's been playing the way that, the the amount of minutes that they've been playing and, and seeing a little bit of success at the NHL level, sometimes it, it it benefits them to go sit in the press box and you know kind of take you know take their eye off of the bench and, t- and and sit upstairs and be able to watch the game from upstairs. I, I definitely think that there is there's a, uh, a benefit for for a younger player just you know in their first full NHL season. Tony, when it comes to the the acquisitions at the deadline, obviously we're a few games in now with Paul Marion, Zajac, and Coburn. Um, looking back at it now, obviously there's some hindsight, and you know, Paul Marion only has a goal. Zajac, I believe, only has a goal. Um, these are guys that were, were coming in, obviously kind of highly touted. Those were big moves by the Islanders. And then you look at, per, you know, per se, another player that was being pursued um, by Lou Lemerell, and that was Taylor Hall, that a deal potentially could have worked out. And then the Devils, you know, threw in Zajac, and things kind of uh, swayed the other way. <clears throat> Excuse me. When you look at that trade now, is there a, a thought in your mind perhaps that maybe the Islanders would have been better off with Taylor Hall? Or is this a situation where you think Lou made the right decision, similar to Paggio last year, and it'll and you'll see that exemplified in the playoffs, so to speak? I, I do. I, I do feel that, that, that Lou made the right call. Um, when you add the type of experience uh, and, and the type of players that, that Palmieri and Zajac are, um, I mean, look, they, you know, Andy Green knows them very well. They played with him. Uh, Green was a tremendous addition last year. I, I mean, everyone talks about Pajot and, and, the, and the effect that he had on this team going into the playoffs, into the bubble. Andy Green played, played inspired hockey during, during that run for them last year. He played very, very well. 
you know, he was a part of the reason why they bring these guys in is that they've been there before, you know, and that's, and Lou's big about that. He's big about being, having guys who are former captains, former assistant captains, guys who have been there before, who have, you know, who have the leadership, who have been able to guide younger players. And there's, there's plenty of younger guys on this team up until last year. A lot of them hadn't played a tremendous amount of playoff hockey. Now you have a team that had a deep run last year, you know, they, they, they won around the year before they, you know, you add a couple of guys, like I said, in Zajac and Palmieri that have, that have had a, a success in the playoffs has had success, you know, in the NHL and that they're solid, solid guys. And Lou loves to have that in his room. Barry loves to have that in his room and they're important. And I think that, you know, as, as we talked about it, when I was on right before the trade deadline, you know, Taylor Hall is the sexy pick, you know, he's, <laughs> he was the, the sexy access acquisition, former MVP, Guy who could score 40 goals, you know, was kind of just tolling away in, in, in Buffalo. And then you look at what happened. He went to Boston. He's definitely looked like a different player. Is he the guy who was the MVP with, you know, with the Devils a couple of years ago? No, but he's he's definitely that kind of offensive player. He's, you know, he's a difference maker. But Palmieri and Zajac are going to give you things that they're looking for. And that's leadership. That's, you know, getting into those 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 grimy kind of areas and doing what they have to do. And Palmieri can score goals, man. And he does it in bunches. So once he, I think once he gets a couple under his belt, you know, they're going to start to go in. And that's a guy that you want on your team. And I, I really, I, we talked about it that night. As much as I thought that Hall was a difference maker, Palmieri was definitely the guy who they should went after. And to to get Zajac in that deal, I thought was just was absolutely you know the the right move for them. Yeah, look with this sort of thing, hindsight's always twenty twenty. And also, let's see what these guys can do in the playoffs. The Islanders are going there. I mean, look, there's eight games before we get there. Hopefully, they get it. You know, particularly Palmieri starts getting his, his scoring acumen going here because they need it because they're obviously struggling mm-hmm. and, you know, you can't rely on Barzell and Eberle every game. And, you know, they, they got to get it going because because you're seeing what's happening now. When you have, like like Christian said, the Capitals, the Penguins, the Bruins, they're all they're all in playoff mode right now. They're they're all ready to, you know, fight for the division, fight for home ice. So the Islanders got to pick it up soon, and, and they need to see that out of these guys. But speaking of those other teams, uh, Christian and I have started to have a little fun with this. A couple of weeks ago, I picked my team who I'd like to see the Islanders play in the first round. Christian did recently. And, you know, I went with the Penguins a few weeks ago, and, and I'm looking at it now, and to be perfectly honest, honest with you, Tony, it's going to be tough no matter who it is. It really is. All Which those- was my original answer when I was forced to make a pick two, a week ago yeah, or two I mean, weeks ago. I think we kind of we kind of always knew that, but, but you know, I felt much better about playing the Pens back then, and now it's kind of just like, just roll the dice and whoever it is, because you're going to have to go through two of those teams anyway, yeah. and mm-hmm. they're all tough. They're all playing well, so I'm going to just throw that question at you now. If you had to decide, you got eight games to go here, you look at those other teams. Who who would you prefer to draw if you had your choice in the first round of this East Division playoffs? I, I'll be honest with you guys. I really don't care. I <laughs> honestly think they can play with any of these teams. They've shown it. Washington, they've had a problem with, you know, this year. They beat them in the playoffs last year. I mean, were they sitting on that? Was Washington kind of brought that little bit of an edge with them to this season because the Islanders sent them home last year? Possibly. But honestly, I, I honest, I don't think I think they can play with any of these teams. They really can. They've shown that they can play well against Boston. They've shown they can play against Pittsburgh. They've knocked them out of the playoffs the last two seasons. You know, I, I think that when this team is playing well, which, which is the majority of the time, uh, other than these little spells that they go through, but 
for the majority of everything, you know, for my money, I, I don't really think that it makes much of a difference. I honestly think that this team can play with any of those teams. And if they play their style of hockey, they can win. I think they have more offense than they did last year. And I think that they have that desire to not want to go home after the conference final like they, like Tampa Bay sent them home last year. They gave them fits for those five games, those six games that they played. And I think that the Islanders know that once they get to that playoff, once they get to the playoffs, anything can happen. They get their solid goaltending. They get the defense that they've been playing with on a, on a night-by-night basis that they had this year. I think that they can play, they can play with anybody. So, Tony, you're not, you're, not, you're not someone who thinks that this team is going to be one and done in the, in the first round. No, as I've seen that, I've seen that, and I'm not taking a shot. At, I'm not trying to take a shot at people. I am just genuinely curious because there's such a there's such a drastic difference between where people see this team. Some people, considered in the last couple of weeks, see this team as they're going to be one and done. Other team, other people, are telling everyone to calm down and and it devolves into <laughs> a shouting match. I am genuinely just curious where the pulse of of Islander fans lie, and, and I was curious where our friend Tony Stabile lies. It's it's all. I mean, look, the pulse of the of the, the Islander fan base. It's all over the place. Right minute now. by minute, it's knee jerk. It's all knee jerk. It, it, yes, it, it it definitely has to do. Because look, 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 I think I, I I've said this you you know many times over the years. This fan base has been beaten into submission so mm-hmm. many different times, and it just it's so hard to wrap your head around the idea that this team is built and constructed in a way with the idea that they're going to win in the long term. And that's what we've seen. We saw them in the playoffs two years ago. We saw them enter the bubble last year. This is the same. Look, this team was on the verge of not even making the playoffs last year after Adam Pellick went down. They come into the bubble and they played inspired hockey all the way through through Tampa Bay. They just were they were outdone by a team that was on a mission. If you look at the you know Tampa Bay the last the season before last year what was that two, I don't even know what year it is anymore 2019 <laughs> okay. they were the best team in the last 25 years to play hockey okay their record was I, I was among the best records of, of any team you know in NHL history and then they get bounced in the first round of the playoffs getting swept you don't think that they showed up day one and said that's not happening again we cannot let that happen again they were not going to let it happen and they did and they did what they had to do they won the Stanley Cup even though it was under crazy circumstances the Islanders are built to play in the playoffs this is their game is built to play that way the, the players that they have are built to play in the playoffs they have to they they just they're going to get there and they're going to just go and do what they have to do on a night by night basis i you know you look at every team that they have to play they're all tough every single team in the eastern conference that they're going to have to go through the floridas the carolinas the Peng- the penguins the bruins the lightning all of these teams are all tremendously talented teams yeah. but they, I, I have no doubt that the if they they play Barry style that they can beat any one of those teams on the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Tony, I'm with you, even though they're struggling a little bit right now. I am with you, I believe, as they say. But, Tony, before we let you go, were you able to see the graphic this time? I know last time you were on, you couldn't see it. Were you able to see your uh, your little your little call sign there? So, don't get, no spoilers, no spoilers. But I'm sure you watched the finale yesterday, right? Where'd you go? I don't know if you I don't know if you see my shirt here. Oh, there it is. Okay. So you loved it, I'm sure. You loved it. I I did. It was it was. I did. I I loved it. I it's you know it's 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 so ripped from the comics. It's uh, 
you know, uh, even the, even the, even the, the, you know, the new suits and everything, a, a very, com- you know, very comic book esque. I, I, I loved everything about it. I really, I, Marvel is, is just there. They're on, they're, everything is a home run with them. They really are. Well, Tony, the, I, ha- I have to say, uh, I, I'm, the, uh, I'm shocked. One, the, <laughs> this always shocks and befuddles me is sh- where Sean's other external knowledge lies when it comes to anything other than hockey. He could not name, he could mm. not understand a Francisco Lindor reference I made earlier in the program. I understood it. I just didn't. Mm. He couldn't, yeah. he couldn't. If he, I bet he could pass Francisco Lindor on the street, would never know who he was. That's extremely he, possible. He, didn't know that uh, Tony Stabile is actually also referenced in Goodfellas early in the movie. Didn't know that. No, I am because uh, I didn't see the movie. Goodfellas fans, we know Tony that Stabile. Yeah. But you, you know, see, you didn't see Goodfellas. Either. Oh, Sean, no, nah, dude, don't. Don't the Godfather, Goodfellas. Come on, nah, it drives me nuts, Tony. It drives me absolutely crazy. But uh, the Marvel references and the Marvel, con- <laughs> <laughs> it, it just befuddles me. Oh, that it befuddles yeah, me. But, but, Christian, there were many, many nights until <laughs> one, two thirty, and the two o'clock in the morning. Sean and I would be discussing Venom, or uh, that's true. Yeah, well, yeah post episode talks. That's right. That's right. Plenty, plenty of uh, plenty of Marvel reference, plenty of comic reference. See, that is something that will not go over his head. Well, Tony, always a pleasure to have you back, man. Great stuff as always, and looking forward to Loki. I'm sure we'll talk about that soon too. But yeah, uh, and hopefully yeah. we'll have you back on during the playoff run, all right, buddy? Thanks a lot for stopping by. Yep, thanks for having me as always, guys. Keep up the great work, and uh, we'll talk soon, guys. You got it, brother. Take care. All right, see you. All righty. Was Tony Stabile on the line? Brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. That's right. Yeah. The great Thai Tony Stabile. Oh, that too, and the great Thai Technology, and the great Thai Actually, Technology. I got a kick. Someone, someone wrote in the comments. Tony, Tony Stabile could really use Thai Technology. On the call. <laughs> that's like, that's, that's excellent. That's excellent. Yeah, all you months. know, that was purposely planned to promote Thai technology and why their services appear to everyone else. I mean, yeah, we, we set that up. Right. We, 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 uh, we sabotaged Tony's audio to, yeah. <laughs> to, start the, to start the appearance so we can get that plug in there. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad yeah, we were able to sort genius. that out live on the show. Look at, look at us, man. Solving problems. Yeah. Doing it live. Yeah. Not bad. So let's pick it up with Tony's optimism because I, I like I like that stuff. Let's let's go there because <laughs> I'm with him there and and B B Lars eighty nine does too. He likes the optimism. So yeah, again I know I'm gonna say it till I'm blue in the face, but every time this team goes through a rough patch, you can't get down on them because look, it wasn't too long ago everybody was like was on the yeah these guys can win the cup bandwagon yeah they can go on another deep run right because they were winning because they were playing Islander hockey. But, you know, because the seasons go the way that they do, you're going to hit a rut every now and then. You're going to have a, have a rough time. I think it was Boston who, what, a couple of games ago they lost to Buffalo, right? I mean, yeah. this is going to happen. It's going to happen. I, it's poorly timed. Also, Boston went through this earlier in the year as well. If you right. remember, or if you remember looking at them early on in the season, there was a lot of talk in the, in the Boston media about, about just what's going on with the, with the Boston Bruins. And, uh, you know, look at them now. They've they've certainly turned things around, and um, you know they they've finally finally figured it out against the New York Islanders, which was which was bound to happen at some point as well. <laughs> right. and we talked about right. that, and I think I, I agree that things certainly come with ebbs and flows. I just think now is not the time if you're the Islanders for that ebb to be or ebb, well, ebb or flow, which was which is a bad one, whichever which one you want it to be. But it's, it be. now is not the time for that, and I think there's a certain. Uh, you know, you know, there's a certain right to be concerned, but I think sure. sort of the overblown negativity kind of rears its ugly head every time one of these these situations kind of roll around. Not just from from Islander fans, but I think too from external sources that that almost want this to happen. 
Um, so <laughs> right. I, no, I know. Uh, old garbage tune. I'm only happy when it rains. Right. Well, that's yeah. A 90s exactly. Reference there, but yeah. I mean, some people just love bathing in the misery, and you know, to each their yeah. own. <laughs> but so it's usually not as bad as you think. And 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 B Lars eighty nine with another positive. You know, message here. Every team has a bad stretch. I'm glad we're getting out of the way before the playoffs. Yeah, it's poorly timed because the other teams right now in that top four are doing well and they're getting points. I mean, it sucks, but at least they still got eight more games to figure it out before the playoffs start. And and to kind of piggyback off of what you said about the Bruins, they stuck with it. They're playing better now. I mean, look at this team last year. Look at how poorly they were playing before the break. And, yes, they got some guys back off of injury. They had some time to to focus on you know their game and practice and whatnot. They had that mini training camp. But when they came out, this team, almost the same exact team, came out in those playoffs. They end up dominating the Panthers, right. the Capitals, you know, getting all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals to play the Tampa Bay Lightning. They almost they almost came out of that series. They right. came close. They came close. Almost the same team. They just need to refocus get their game back together, and they can beat any one of these three teams that they meet in the first round. Now, you say that I don't put too much stock in the home ice. I do put some stock in the home ice. I would much prefer them to finish one or two in this division than three or four. Right. But- I was just saying last last week, a couple of weeks ago, we had this conversation. You were you were trying to downplay it this year considering the circumstances. Yeah, and I and tended it's more, to disagree. And it's more the audience stuff for me. Like, I, If I'm going to put stock in home ice, it's more, it's more towards the face-offs and, and the... The, uh, the last line change and stuff like that. That's that's where I look at it. But not to get back into that whole conversation. Sure. But, yeah, they, they it'd be nice if they get it together in these last eight games. We know that they're going to the dance at this point. I mean, unless they just go 0-8 to finish off the right. season here. I think even they're if going they, to the playoffs. I think even if they lost almost every game here, it'd be still tough for, for I mean, they, they wouldn't. I don't think they, they like, would never lose all 8 of these last games. But it's right. like, let's go down that rabbit hole where things go extraordinarily poorly. I think even that, they'd still have a shot of finishing in that, that last playoff spot in the division. Right, exactly. So there's there's still eight games. There's still 16 points to get yourself into home ice, and maybe if some things go your way, maybe you get a banner in, in UBS Arena next year. That doesn't matter as much to me, but you'd like to have home ice through the first two rounds if you can get it. But all they got to do is get there, stay healthy, stay healthy through these last eight games. That's huge too. You know, hopefully all their major players are, are still, you know, they're not on the mend. You know, you, you got Bailey back, you got Clutterbuck back after some tweaks uh, to those guys, and that's a good sign. And hopefully they can go into these playoffs as healthy as possible and they pick up some points. But, you know, you look at these last couple of games, and I don't think it's a reason to all of a sudden start saying, ah, first round and out, uh, they're done. You know, look, and, and, and you got to give a little more rope to guys like Palmieri. Yes, a little slow out of the gate here. He's only got, I think, a goal and assist since he came over. Same with Zajac. They both had an assist in the, in the game against the Rangers, you know, the 6-1 game. So, I mean, put as much stock into that as you want. But give them a little more time. And, and with any luck, even if, even if it's still a little bit of a slow go through these eight games, as long as they're ready to go by the time the puck drops on the playoffs, like Tony Stabile said, this team can go far. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm just looking up some of the, the information, and according to a website that I think is very handy, uh, actually, playoffstatus.com, the Islanders still have a one, only have a 1% chance of making not making the playoffs yeah, at this it's, point. It's, it's, I just wanted to point that out there because I think there is such a um, you know concern now of what's been going on, and I get it. Listen, you look at the way the Islanders are playing right now, mm-hmm. they're not playing well, and you definitely don't want that to spiral into the way that it's going to go into the playoffs. That's not how you want to do it. Um, and you'd want to go into a high note. You remember back in, what was it, 2015, 
the last year at the Coliseum mm-hmm. when they had that rough stretch down the rough stretch in the end of the season and they missed out on home ice advantage I think by like by the the loss of the Columbus Blue Jackets in the last regular season that's right that's a right. game of the year yeah so you don't want that being the the circumstance you go into the postseason with you want to have that home ice advantage you want to give yourself the best chance and and two when you look at the Islander schedule after the Ranger or after the Capitals game uh on Tuesday you're playing teams like the Rangers. So obviously, the Rangers are kind of surging, and you don't want to discount them at all because they're playing very well. But yeah. the Islanders have certainly been able to humble them and uh, at different points this season as well. Uh, Buffalo Sabres, who are out of the playoff picture. New Jersey Devils out of the playoff picture. So oh, you can almost – and, and Grant, both of those have played played well. Both those teams have and played well. And they're playing well. with nothing to lose now. And they've played playoff yeah. teams and beaten them. Yeah. But you can almost say – you can look at those games and you can – Say you're going to come away with a couple points there, regardless of what mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Boston, obviously, at the end of the year, which will be very interesting, considering that I think those were one of that was one of the games that was supposed to be played earlier this year and got moved because of a COVID issue, if I'm not mistaken. Right. But I think the other thing too to remember at this point now, as we hit this final couple weeks of the season, is that we also don't know when the playoffs are starting. And when you look yeah. at the Vancouver Canucks schedule. Uh, and you look at the Islanders' schedule. The Islanders' last game of the year, year regular season, is May 10th. Right, that makeup game against the Bruins. The Canucks still have one, two, three, four, five, six games. Mm-hmm. After that, another week or week and a half almost. Is that the 19th I'm seeing there? That's the 19th of May. So nine days. Yeah. That's Now, now we don't know when the playoffs are. Now, the NHL could be could be smart and say, all right, we'll start the playoffs for everyone else, and then the Canadian division will play there. But, I mean, too, the NHL could very well say, all right, we're going to start the playoffs when everyone is ready to start the playoffs, which, I mean, is not an unreal possibility. And you could have almost, I don't want to say a repeat, but you could have a similar situation where you're getting like almost a, here, a very pal. short training camp. Right. And you saw how well that benefited the Islanders. Right now, I think, too, one of the biggest parts uh, or challenges of the the – transition for Paul Mary for his Ajax is these guys haven't gotten practice time. The Islanders are going to practice tomorrow, I believe, um, before they go to Washington. They may have already left for Washington. Not 100% sure. Mm. But they will practice tomorrow. That is a rarity that these guys get practice time. And I think right. since, and I'd have to look, I can't, I can't imagine they've had more than maybe two or three days of practice time since the Islanders have acquired Travis Ajax or um, Kyle Palmieri. It hasn't been much. I'm going to look it up right now because it, it, it's it's curious, and that plays right. a huge part into it. Sure. Same thing with Pajot last year. When you don't have that playoff time, it certainly makes things a lot more more tougher. No, I was going to raise that, and I don't know if the league has come out. And I'm going to look at my phone. Don't, don't be offended by this right now. At least you're doing it for the show, yeah. and it's nothing personal. So that's a step in the right direction. <laughs> But, but yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to have divisions like the East closing out their season, you know, the 10th, the 11th, the 12th, I think there might be, the, I think the Bruins at least might have an extra game that's like on the 11th or the 12th. So the East will still be waiting for at least that game. But if you're talking about at least a week gap between one division and another, are they going to just start the playoff games for each division individually when they finish their games? Or are they going to have everybody wait until... All divisions are completed, and then they start the playoffs. And just thinking about it now off off the cuff here, I would think they will wait because either way, 
there's there's going to be a waiting period, whether it's right. at the start of the playoffs or whether when we get to the, the the third round, right? When you have the four teams coming out of each division, if if the other divisions aren't finished yet, you're going to have a wait then. So it's like, do you have the wait now? Do you have the wait then? I think they'll do it before the playoffs start. So with that thought in mind, you bring up a great point where all of a sudden maybe the New York Islanders have seven to eight days to get some practice time in, and, and I guess the other divisions might complain that you get these these. This will be the second day of practice if they practice tomorrow. Okay, there second you go. Time since Paul Marion and Zajac were there, you go. The so that has a little bit to do with it. But then, of course, you're gonna have people. Well, look at Taylor Hall; he already has like three goals. How come he's you know able to play well? You know, and I get that. And it's gonna be different for every individual. But to keep on this this playoff situation here, hopefully we will get an answer soon because yeah, that can end up benefiting the Islanders big time. We see more times than not when they get a nice little break in games. They get to kind right. of regroup, have some practice time. It'll be a great time to get Palmieri and Zajac a little more acclimated with the system. And then it could be something similar to last year where they hit the ground running once the playoff games start. And to address what Trottier 19 just put into the chat, last year the break had Pelic and Sezikis rest and come back. They were both obviously hurt. Mm-hmm. I, under, I understand the point. He said they're, they're, sure. they're not hurt this year. That's a big difference. Uh, understandably so, but these guys have also not had a ton of rest. They've not had a ton of practice time. And when you have the acclimation of two players that don't necessarily know the system specifically that Barry Trotz and um, the Islander staff uses, that's, that practice time and that time off will certainly help them. Obviously, we saw earlier in the year when the Islanders were kind of going through a similar slump uh, back in February, mm-hmm. that that week off when the Buffalo Sabres almost did them a favor uh, with the COVID break, you saw how well they came out of the gate afterwards. And obviously the Islanders are also still dealing with the fact that they don't have Anders Lee. Anders Lee obviously won't be coming back and kind of riding to the rescue like Adam Pellick did over the over the summer during the yeah, playoff run yeah. there. But certainly being able to, to have that time to say, all right, this is the lines we're going to have during the playoffs. This is this is what we're going to do. Everyone get ready. Now you have eight, nine days of practice time. Mm-hmm. Probably a little less because you're going to want to give guys days off here and there just to give them some downtime because you've been playing a 56-game schedule over the course of, what, one, you know, three, four months? That's craziness. Um, that's a lot on, on anyone's body. So then to mentally and physically prepare everyone for the playoffs and what will be another grind for the next two months because the NHL is still ideally targeting the middle of July, I think, to be the end of the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. Um that is that is a huge thing um, to have that time to be able to have that rest and then get everyone acclimated with who they're playing with, where what their roles are, and have everyone in the same yeah. the right headspace going into the postseason. Yeah, and then maybe even see Wallstrom get back in there if you know they have a little break here to get him, I guess, back in gear, if you will, because obviously there's something Barry's seeing that he that he doesn't like him in the lineup right, right. now. So yeah, no, as <laughs> coming from the Islander fan perspective, I think that break could be an enormous yeah. help. So that's what I'd be rooting for. I'd rather not have the playoffs start right away, as much as we want to watch the playoffs. Right, and I think I think knowing the NHL a little bit, that almost seems like something very NHL that they would do, right? That they wouldn't want to stagger the postseason in this kind of weird fashion where everyone else is playing and then your biggest market basically, the, which is the Canadian vision and, you know, where you're going to get a ton of eyes when it comes to the, that that being the national sport there. Yeah. Um, to not have any of those Canadian teams playing I think would be a real... I don't want to say disservice, but mm. I, I don't think it would sit well up north, and I don't think the NHL would want to put that put them in that position either. And you know what? That's another thing to look because, at too. Because two, you can't. You well, two. How much? How much time? How much of a break time would they get? Also, after that season start, ends, like their season ends the nineteenth. I think they said. When do you start the playoffs after that? And how fair is that to everyone else? 
Yeah, look, I'm glad I'm not Bill Daly or whoever has to make those decisions because obviously because of how wacky you know this season is because of the circumstances that we're under, thankfully things should get back to normal next right. year. And Vancouver too. I mean, they're not out of the playoffs per se. I mean, they're you know they're forty, they're they're eight points back of that last spot against Montreal in the in the they North have a lot of Division. Games to make up, they have a lot of games yeah. to make up in in on their schedule, and then. Mm. Dallas is in a similar position too, and then they'd have you know Winnipeg, extreme, Calgary, but... Edmonton, yeah, and I believe I'm just trying to make sure uh, Calgary battling for a playoff spot, Edmonton is in the playoff spot, Winnipeg is in a, is in a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's I I don't necessarily know if the NHL would be so gung ho. So it works to the Islanders' favor that they would want that potentially the playoffs could start later in May, and that obviously pushes everything back, but it benefits the Islanders who, again, get that kind of almost shortened training camp like they did last year to acclimate everybody. Yeah, and who knows how the you know the TV networks want it to work, if they want right. to have it all together, or if they want to have you know one division going and another not. Like They may want them to wait, too. So we're, gonna, we're just going to have to wait for some kind of clarity well, on that. NBC could the, care less. Well, yeah, the thing about it, NBC's not going to care. They don't air the... the you know Canadian games, so they have no they right. have no dog in that in that mm. fight. But certainly the national broadcaster up North Sportsnet uh, and CBC are are going to want everyone starting on time so they can maximize. Act, there you go. You're going to have the Canadian networks that are going to have the the game south of the border competing with regular season games up north. So that could be it right there. We don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. The, we're, the league we're will tell us. We yeah, know. we are totally uh, just you know throwing we, some. We don't get to make those broadcasts. We decisions. don't, but we get to speculate over it. But I, we should be getting to the Hero of the Week soon. Let's do that right I now. I would say. Well, before we do, before we do, we got a special little treat for our viewers of the show tonight. Oh, that's right. Yes. So we're going to hit this little button right here. And shh, Christian, don't say it out loud. But for everybody watching the show, whether it's live or whether you catch up during the week, look at that right there. You go to the swag shop over at HockeyNightNY.com. You use that promo code, and you're going to get 20% off the entire show. That's just for you guys watching. Now, you guys listen. We don't want to leave you out. We still have the promo code HNINY10. You can get 10% off everything at the store. But for you viewers, we want to thank you guys for hanging out with us. We appreciate yes. you. We love you. We love the conversation going on we every do. week. We do. It's you always entertaining. the show every single week. Distracts me almost on a, on a constant basis <laughs> yes. when I'm trying to talk, as yes. Sean can attest. I certainly can. It gets me, too. It gets me, too. But, but yes, folks. It. This, this is for you guys right here. We'll leave it up there for, for a little while so you can jot it down on your phone, put it on a little notepad. But there you go. There's your promo code just for watching us live. And with that, we're going to go to the hero of the week. So, ladies and gentlemen, when you hear this song, that means it is time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which this week is the Blue Liner with chicken cutlet, bacon, melted American Russian dressing on a toasted garlic hero. Yum, yum. God, I haven't had that yet either, but it sounds very fantastic. Good. I might I might hold on the dressing. That's just a personal preference, but it looks fantastic. It, it is it is delightful in this, those photos. So, it's good. Get it for half off all week starting tomorrow. That is Monday through Sunday, Well, where, where we will announce a brand new half off hero. Stop in and mention Hockey Night in New York for half off the blue liner. And Joe McGrath1 wants to know, will Christian hit the right button? Are you going to give it a shot here? It's like 50-50. I'll hit the right button. All right. Well, I'm going first this yeah. time. 
I'm going. Oh, first, so it'll I make think. it easier. So it's 100. percent Yeah, you got you got some warm up time. There you go. Take a look at the board there. <laughs> <laughs> By process of elimination, I should be able to. So hit it this one's going to rub people the wrong way, just because of you know the Islander fans, and you'll understand right now. But my hero of the week, coming back from a little injury, out of the gate against the Rangers on Tuesday, Leo Kamara pots two goals and an assist. Everybody's favorite assistant, alternate oh, captain, Bailey. number 12, Josh Bailey. That is my hero of the week. Obviously, a little bit of slim pickings this week because they only had one win. You can't, you know, unless you want to go with maybe Varlamov, you can pick him as a hero in the loss against the Caps because he still had the shutout. He had a good game against the Rangers. Mm-hmm. But I, I, had, I, looked at, I looked at the Ranger game, and I, and I had to go with Josh Bailey. So he's my guy. Now I will turn it over to you, Christian Arnold. Do you want to press the button? You want me to handle it? I would love to press the button. All right. Wow. I'm so uh, proud of you, man. So proud of you. And I have to say, my hero of the week, it, I mean, it, it, Sean's right. It was a very tough decision with the, yeah, with the heroes you of know, the week. It was, it was as they, they say. <laughs> it was as they say. It was some slim pickings at times. Yeah. But uh, certainly, uh, certainly, I think this feller is well worth the nomination. I, I agree. I agree. Because uh, I know so, who it is. And I, I actually forgot who it is. So we're going to find this out together. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I'm going to hit this button right That's here. That's the one. And this is my hero of the week, Mr. Anthony Surprise. Beauvillier. Okay, God, because I was pulling up numbers right now as as we were doing this, and I kind of forgot. I was, I was really, uh, I was really taking a taking it back. I do love, by the way, the fact that anytime you still Google Anthony Beauvillier's name, nine times out of ten, you're still going to get some sort of search result with Anna Kendrick in it, which I think is oh, phenomenal that that still continues to live. I on wonder. To this day. I wonder if he's still giving, you know, trying trying to work on that. You know, I wonder if that's still something he's uh, he's aiming for, or has he moved on? I don't. It's a great you know, question. It's I mean, a great question. I don't have the answer. Him. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get right on that. Maybe maybe if he does, you know, if he say anything's, you know, outside <laughs> with the boombox, yeah. that could turn. And, and they've done that in other movies, right? More recently, that's just a. I'm sure Islanders PR would love that question. But anyway, Anthony <laughs> Bovelli, the hero, my hero of the week, with a five point week this week uh, in three games, two goals, three assists over the course of the three games this week, including a four point effort against the New York Rangers. If I'm not mistaken, right. uh, three point effort, three point Rangers. Three yeah, point he had a goal and two. two. Oh no, 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 it was four. Yeah, You're four right. Points. It was a goal yeah. and three assists. You're yeah. right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, my apologies. Four point effort for Anthony Bovilli against the New York Rangers in, in that six one drubbing uh, at Nassau Coliseum on Tuesday. Obviously, he gets a goal yesterday, a power play goal nonetheless, which is a very rare thing for this this organization at the moment. So <laughs> two for two last night, buddy. Hundred yeah. percent. So certainly, uh, <laughs> certainly something to note, take note of. So Anthony Bovilli gets. My hero of the week, and we got, I think it's uh, it's well deserved. Yeah, I think so. We got a couple of votes in there too. I'm trying to see who got more. I, I've been wanting to use this all year. We really haven't, but I think we got. I think we got more for Bailey. So looks like he's the winner. Looks like Bailey's the winner. Sparky's gonna show it up. On oh, the I was, I was right looking there. at. Yeah, well, Something yeah, you're a little else. behind over there. Yeah, so I think we're giving it to Josh Bailey. Maybe right. that's who you'll see for the official hero. Tomorrow, or you know, we'll figure it out. But there you have it, folks. Your nominees for Hero of the Week: Josh Bailey, Anthony Bavillier. Hopefully, we get a couple more players to choose from next week. Yes, with a better week from the New York Islanders. And of course, the Hero of the Week is brought to you by the Blue Line Deli Half Price, price hero, hero of the Week. Good job. And of course, this week that is the, the Blue, Blue Liner, Liner. chicken yes. cutlet, bacon, melted American Russian dressing on a toasted garlic hero. Mention Hockey Night in New York to Donnie or the staff and demand half price off of your blue liner. All right, bringing it back to the big screen here. 
and we will try to wrap this thing up. Obviously, we still have a contest winner oh, that's to right. announce. Let's get to that. Yeah, we got to get to that. We got to get to that. And, you know, we, we mentioned the special teams. We, we haven't really brought the, the numbers up in a while, but they're 23rd overall in the power play, 18.5%. So, obviously, plenty of room for improvement yes. there. If you watch the games, you know that already. <laughs> but... What I didn't realize was the PK is top 10 now, and maybe it has been for a little while, but 7th overall at an 83.1% clip. So at least that kind of counterbalances how poor the power play is, is that the penalty kill has been doing very well. Yes, that's a consolation. <laughs> All right, thanks for your insight there. Thanks for your Isles insight I don't know there. what you want me to say. To I that. thought you were going to elaborate a little bit, maybe talk about how and why they've been performing so well in the penalty kill, but you don't have to, no pressure. Because they don't give up goals. That's why you're here. That's, <laughs> that's why you're here. We talked about Sorokin. He had a rough night. He'll bounce back. We know this. We talked about Palmieri and Zajac with Tony. Uh, we pretty much talked about the games, too. We don't have to recap Contest winner. You want to do the contest winner? Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to delay it one more time because and while I do it, while I do it, I'm going to plug our pals at RJ Daniels. Okay. Scroll through the chat. See if you can come up with any viewer questions. I know we, we addressed a couple already, but there might be some more in there. I think I saw some. So, folks, if you can't get to the Coliseum and if you can't drive to where they're playing on the road, RJ Daniels is the place to be to watch Islander hockey this season. They got plenty of specials. $5, 16-ounce Barn Rocker Ales, $14 Bud Light Pitchers, $17 Domestic Buckets, $4 Domestic Bottles of Pints and plenty of food specials as well. Head down for Islander Games at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center from pregame until the final horn. And as we talked about last week, the bars are open till midnight, so you can have yourself a good little time. Go down, have some food, have some drinks, watch the game. Hopefully they win, then have some celebratory drinks. So good stuff there. There you go. RJ Daniels, fantastic staff. They also do... uh, Trivia night on Tuesdays, hosted by our pal Mikey Ob over there. So if you like trivia, if you you like to, um, I don't know, try to win prize. They got prizes and yeah. stuff for that too. Yes. Go down for trivia night on Tuesday. So plenty of good stuff going on at RJ's. Christian, I hope you bank some questions. We can we can either do those now or we can do the contest winner now. Well, we don't have a ton of questions, so let's okay. do the contest winner. Let's do the contest winner. So without further ado, we want to thank everybody for doing the retweets, doing the follows here, getting involved for the big hockey nights in New York swag bag. The big contest winner, which was drawn just before the show, is at J Middow or Middog81. If you're not watching right now, that's all right. We'll hit you up on Twitter. We'll get you information. But thank you so much for participating. Thanks to everybody else. You're going to get a Hockey Night New York hat. You're going to get the Wally Amazing Hockey Player t-shirt. And, of course, the Retro 94 Long Island, I don't want to say Fisherman shirt, but the Nautical shirt. There you go. So there you go. Nice little Hockey Night New York swag bag. We're going to have more contests to come as this season finishes and as we go into the playoffs. So, again, thanks to every, everybody for participating. Yes. We very much appreciate it. So, Christian, what do you got for me? Well, Miller Mania 22 asked, did I win? Uh, the answer is no. <laughs> there you go. Viewer question number one is out. There you go. You did not win. We, we, we're sorry. Uh, sorry. Maybe next time. Mike4652Co asked, will Trotz wake up and put Wally back into the lineup? He will. Yeah, I agree. I think he will, just like I thought Bellows would, but he has a much better chance. Yeah, well, you so. are dead wrong on that. So far, there's eight games left. Uh, Tommy Two Chains. Tommy Two Tone? Two Chains. Okay. Uh, would you rather have traded for Hall than Palmieri and Zajac? 
You want me to take that one? I will let you take that one. I think I think my feelings as far as Taylor Hall have, have been pretty. Yeah, well. it, it would be pretty weak sauce of us now to go back on because we were both on the same page with that. We were yeah. both plugging Palmieri even before the trade was made. We were saying that he he was the the better fit for the Islanders. Now, right. look, obviously, you look over, you see that Hall's got a few goals at Boston. It looks like he's gelled a little bit quicker with those guys over there. And I guess maybe in the early going here, the question was answered was, you know, does Hall still have it? Because he had such a rough season in Buffalo. It led a lot of us to believe that, you know, maybe if he even did go to another team that it wasn't going to change much. But it looks like in the early going that he's a decent fit with Boston. He's going to help them out. It makes them more dangerous, which sucks for everybody else. But am I going to go back and say I prefer Hall now? No. But it certainly... You know, makes me feel like it could have worked out a little better than it did. Yeah, Listen, I'll say that. I, I think Taylor Hall, he's obviously putting up points and uh, finding the back of the net, and that's great. But I tend to agree with Tony. I think that when you look at the way the Islanders are constructed and the way that this team succeeds, especially during that run in the playoffs, and um, you know, I think to a certain, I think I think there's a chance, there's a good chance we see that again this year. Um, you know, I. Uh, you know, I certainly can look and see the deficiencies in the Islanders' games right now. Uh, but I think, too, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of circumstances surrounding that. And I think that the Islanders, to kind of Barry Trotz's point, have put a lot of points away early in the year, which has helped them uh, kind of allow them to have the way, the, you know, the struggles, I guess you could say, the, that they are now. Um, you don't want to see it going to the playoffs, obviously, but um, and it is what it is at this point. But certainly there are things that can be corrected. I, I just think that when you get to the stretch run and, the, and get to the playoffs at this point, the way the Islanders play, the way the team is constructed, it's built to play and win in the playoffs. And, um, you know, those are 2-1, 3-2, you know, one nothing games. Those are not... Or those are not the you know overtime battles. Those are not games that you're winning six to one. Um, outside of a, a you know kind of an anomaly here or there, or you know you're playing a bad team, I guess. But those guys bring, as Tony suggested, those guys bring in a lot of leadership, a lot of character qualities that um, go beyond just the score sheet, and that those like I said, leadership qualities that Lou Lamorell and Barry Trotz look for beyond just their ability to score goals and. You know, Paul Mary is a guy that can score goals. Certainly hasn't done so this year. Again, New Jersey's been mm. um, kind of struggling this year, obviously. Uh, and then coming to a new team with only one chance to get practice time, it, it's tough to do. And, it, you know, it's, a, it's an acclimation process. So I think a lot of that plays into what we're seeing right now. I don't think that Lou Lamarell whiffed on the trade deadline or um, bringing in these guys or anything like that. It's the decision that he made. And I think that in the long run, in the big picture, that it was the right decision because we'll see, similar to Pajot, that this is a guy who's going to come in and be able to kind of fit that mold of what the Islanders are beyond just being putting goals in the puck and putting pucks in the back of the net, so to speak. Christian, as much as I would love to disagree with you, you can't. I'm with you there. Next, uh, let's see here. Um, da, 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 I just saw one, and now I can't see it. Again. Get it together, man. Get it Do together, you keep Pajot between Bo and Bailey, or bump them back up to play with Nelson? Hmm. And it is an interesting question because there's obviously been success. In both of those regards. So it, it is tough right now. And I think you're seeing a lot of consistency out of Brock Nelson this year as well, uh, regardless of where he's really been put and kind of stepping up in that that spot where, um, you know, Lee is kind of not, not stepping into the spot where Lee has been, but kind of stepping into that, that role of being able to find the, the back of that and maybe sometimes scoring some of those dirty goals. 
Yeah. It's tough. I mean, I know this is such a lame response, but whatever works. Just just shocking. Whatever. No, but what would you like to see, Sean? I'm no, gonna, no, I, I no, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually give it give an answer here. I mean, look, you had Andrew Towton getting Palmieri on the first line with, yeah. with Barzell. Uh, I also at some point said I'd like to see that as well. Now whether that's you know, shifting Everly off of that line so Paul Mary can play the right wing. I don't know if I want to do that. And and you have the the whole idea, you know, having having three right uh, three right handed shots mm-hmm. in the first line. I, I get that's tough, but but look, I think you got to keep Barzell and Everly together. So if you're going to do the Paul Mary Barzell experiment, you got to see how, how he does in the left wing and just see how three righties yeah. can do. And maybe we don't because of that reason. Now getting to guys like Bo, but I don't think. I mean, not to interrupt. I know you're trying to answer the question, but I I, don't, I just don't think that. Paul Mary, or, or I should say Barry Trotz, has ever been um, hindered by the idea of having the same guy, the same shooting hand mm-hmm. players play on the same line. So mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know if that would truly be a dissuading factor in Trotz potentially putting Paul Mary up there. I think he should. I think at this point, yeah, you know, you I, brought, I, I agree. You brought him in here. He said he's a big acquisition. He should be playing on that top line. Um, you know, you. you as much as I'd like to joke and make make fun of the idea of Leo Komarov and kind of, you know, jokingly endorse it. <laughs> right. At the end of the day, you know, Leo Komarov, his role is not on the top line. I think he, he no. kind of, you saw him play some of his best games or his best game when he was down there filling in for Clutterbuck on the on the fourth line. Yeah. And and we discussed the, the reason why Leo was getting that. But first extent. line Leo, for sure. Take it <laughs> right. away. Go first line Leo. Maybe that's the next T-shirt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but look, we talked about the fact people that people might try and burn down the website. They might. Leo was on the first line for an extended period of time because Barry liked how the other lines were constructed right. at that time. He wanted to keep those lines together, so it wasn't so much because he thought Leo was a first liner. It was just where he, he fit at the time. But now that you introduce these other players, you have an ability to mix and match a little more to, right. to put Leo in the press box, which I think we all agree he belongs. And... You gotta and Zajac doesn't have to be a night night after night player for me. You can work him in and out like right. Barry has started to do. Yeah. That's fine. I, I think I think the ideal lineup is 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 gonna have Wallstrom back on Pajot's right wing. I wanna see that again. And then on the left, I think you put Bo there. I, I wanna see yeah. Bo, Pajot, and Wallstrom as your third line. I mm-hmm. wanna see Bailey back with Nelson and I guess Maybe you see guys like Zajac and De- maybe Brock Nelson starts becoming the the Pajot center of the of the group where his wingers are starting to flip flop right where you see maybe Dal Cole Zajac whomever else right but are you comfortable line. with with let's say a Dal Cole on the second line per se if he's look we saw that experiment we did we saw Dal Cole with Nelson mm-hmm. uh, on the second line and you know what for the couple of games he was there he was good and and he he contributed okay so I'm I have no problem seeing that again. With the way this roster is constructed, I mean, look, not only do you miss Anders Lee, but you miss the fact that he was a left-handed shot. Right. It makes things make a lot Huge more difference, sense. Yeah. yeah, because, look, if Lee was healthy, and, and who's to say they would have gotten Palmieri if he was? But if he was, then you can put Palmieri on the second line, maybe, and you can drop Bailey down to the mm-hmm. third line, and then you have Del Cole. He doesn't even get into the lineup. Obviously, that's not going to be the case. It doesn't happen now. But I, I at least as far as Pajot and Bogo, which I think is where this kind of question started, right? right? I think I want to see, I want to see them together in the third line. You have Bailey on the second line with Nelson. All right, there you go. That's the answer. I I don't disagree. I don't agree. I um I have no opinion. No, <laughs> great. Awesome. No, no. Good I job. do. I, I I I like the idea though. I'm just I don't know. I I I like I I like um I don't know if I want to do that though. 
I don't know okay. why. I'm just there's some hesitancy between. What do you got between. for me, man? Um, I don't. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. I like the idea of that Bailey Brock bowline. Okay. You know, I like the way they've been playing. Obviously, it's it's been working out really well recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the chemistry that they have. And I, I, I obviously that all three of those guys have shown they can kind of deal with the idea of being moved around or having having sure. their line mates switched up a little bit. But I like the idea of of having a set chemistry with with one or two of those lines before you hit the the stretch run. Okay. Um, I think that third line allows you a little bit more freedom to have Pajot has shown that he can he can kind of be the guy that an anchors a line that's kind of in flux a little bit. Okay. Um okay. I don't I'm not saying that Bo and and, and Bailey and, and, and Nelson haven't shown that, but I think you've seen at this point Pajot can kind of deal with everybody and anybody that's putting that in line. And I think I that, that you put you put Wallstrom back out there, you get him you get him out there with with Dal Cole um, Zajac perhaps, mm-hmm. and I think that's a decent line. I think that's I a line that su- can succeed, and I think that um, you look at Wallstrom and Pajot's chemistry and the way that they've played together, I think that those two guys have certainly made each other better, mm-hmm. um, and I like the idea of that being the line going into the playoffs um, with one other set guy, obviously, on that on that wing. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you're making that decision, whether you commit to Dal Cole, whether you commit to a Zajac, whether you commit to you know, getting Bellos back in there. Why? You know, why the heck not at this point? Um, you need as many offensive guys that you can get into the lineup so that mm-hmm. you can find the back and then and, and mm-hmm. guys that are going to be responsible on their own end too. I think you, MDC is a guy that you, you've seen he can play well in his own end, and I think his game has gotten a lot better this year, mm-hmm. especially kind of gone through that resurgence. So um, I would tend to lean because it, I don't know, it, like you said, I just don't see. Bellos being able to get back into the lineup at this point. <laughs> it's looking less likely right and now. And I think Del Cole has kind of shown that, especially on that third line, he can he and, and the second line as well, to, to your point before, um, that he can play well. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, look, that's my take anyway. Yeah, and which is which is another solid take. And and look, if if they if if the struggles kind of bleed into these next few games, the the experiments are gonna continue. If they mm-hmm. if they get back to Having a hard time scoring. I mean, look, they put in three last night, so you can't really say that's hard time. But, right. But they they didn't put any goals up the other night against the Caps, but neither did the Caps. And so, look, if if they continue to struggle, most there, disappointing shootout ever. I mean, uh, <laughs> shutout for for Verlamov. Yeah, I mean that's just such. I mean, I said it on Twitter. If that game had been a playoff game, it would have went to quadruple overtime right. like that. You know, and you would have seen a real hockey winning goal. Yes, and it's a shame yeah. that that was a playoff game that night. But but anyway, I think we see some experimentation if if the goals are harder to come by in these three games coming up now against the Caps and the Rangers twice. And 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 I think you have some leeway to experiment during that stretch of four games right. against the Devils and the Sabres again, not to not to take them lightly, but maybe you feel a little bit better about you know mixing your line combinations right. around to see what sticks. And then if you get that break before the playoffs, well then Barry really has plenty of time to, to pick some lines, right. see what sticks, and then feel a little more confident going into the playoffs yeah, with, no, with whatever lineup he chooses. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Mellormania22 also asked, what lines do you guys like to see? I think we kind of answered that within that, that previous question. So uh, yeah. certainly it certainly fits the mold. And that's really all we have for today's viewer questions. As always, we thank everybody in the chat for throwing us absolutely um, throwing us some questions. Sean, uh, why don't we throw that that promo code up there for our viewers only one more time, just so if anyone missed it. Again, this is our thank you to those who have tuned in uh, 
every week since we started doing this and it's continued to grow and we're excited to see people watching yes. it on replay people watching it live and now they see all the great chatter that goes on during the show uh which sean and i always get a kick out we are keeping an eye on the <laughs> yes, on the on the chat every time uh it's going on so certainly if you see one of us start to uh almost look befuddled or kind of talk out talk our way out of a point because we were looking at that's usually because we're looking at the chat you know you've dropped that word like three or four times now right that's my word of the day Uh, apparently it is apparently it is befuddled okay we'll leave it up there for a little longer i guess but yes again uh just type in that's code right there that one we're not gonna say it um it's not for the listeners (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but for our viewers, definitely they check only it out. get ten percent. <laughs> Go and check out all the great merchandise that we have on HockeyNightNY.com. HockeyNightNY.com. Oh, it's it's good that you know our website. Good good for you. And yeah, and and on that end, we we appreciate everybody's support yeah. too. It's been great. You know, now that we've kind of you know dived dove into the merchandise side of things uh, the support's been awesome yeah uh we, we we've gone international we got some shirts <laughs> over in germany and right. the uk and stuff it's it's pretty awesome so thanks to everybody we uh we really appreciate that people and are getting desperate for clothes during the pandemic i i mean whatever the case oh wow wow you're knocking our own stuff that's not yeah okay that could be the case okay. i think they're 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 pretty no you I, think. I will say sean again <laughs> I will say Sean is the one who designs all this merchandise. He has done a tremendous. I guess it'll help too. We got it. We got another. We got uh, another pal. Right. We can't. We can't well, I was gonna. Either. I was gonna compliment you. But keep whatever. going. Keep going. Yeah, please, no, please, please. No, no, no. Talk me up. Let's go. Well, obviously, it's not Sean. He's stealing these ideas from somebody else. So <laughs> no, it's it's a collaboration. I don't know. It's a that. team effort. It really is. But yes, thanks to everybody. Yeah. Take that off the screen there. Oh, it comes back on. Take that off the screen there. <laughs> and Christian, I think we're, we're we're ready to wind this down, right? Yeah. We've covered everything we want to Yes. We the, obviously, the Islanders play a couple more games this week. Of course, I closed out the schedule before. Yes. So. The look ahead. The look ahead. But we'll, we'll I can tell that. you now mm. that the Islanders have a number of games coming up this week, including two against the New York Rangers, one at home. One on the road. Saturday, next Saturday, they play the uh, Rangers for the final time at, Mad- at Nassau Coliseum. Uh, they play the Rangers Thursday at the Madison Square Garden. The Madison Square at Garden. The Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And of course, they start the week with their game against the Washington Capitals on Tuesday in DC, in the nation's capital of Washington, DC. Yep, that's correct. That's correct. I was going to say, like, try and make two names that go with D and C. I just couldn't think of it. Yeah, the way you handled that really befuddled me there. Hey, it's catching on. I like uh, it. Uh, so there's there's <laughs> obviously three games coming up. Three big games against uh, obviously a, a team that's in first place in the division, and then the New York Rangers uh, twice who are playing to make the playoffs, and they are still very much in the playoff conversation. As much as people kind of wanted to discuss, you can say man all you want. They're in the conversation. And look, Tuesday still night, there. the six one win Tuesday night that clinched the playoffs for the Islanders, and that bounced the Rangers out. That was that was I said it was a critical game after that that game. I mean not it that did not for the record did that not, not officially do no, any of what you just no, said. No, it did not officially do anything. I'm saying from my perspective that clinched the playoffs for the Islanders and it bounced the Rangers out. As the kids say famous last words. But the Rangers are only uh they're 56 points. They're 4 points back of the Boston Bruins. So they got a win today by the way. They beat the Buffalo Sabres. So I'm not sure if this actually this these points are updated. Um, but right now they beat the Buffalo Sabres six to three pretty handedly. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they have the Islanders coming up in the at the end of the week. I'm not sure if they have another game uh, in before they face the Islanders on that Tuesday. I don't have the Rangers schedule up in front of me, but you know, you kind of knock the Rangers. They're not out of it. They get a win. Uh, you I'm know. not knocking them. I'm not. You I'm, certainly are knocking them. I am not knocking them. I'm saying it's too late. 
Boston has two games in hand on them. They're not going to catch the Boston Bruins. And if they want to catch anybody else, they got to go on a tear. Yeah. And then that they have of, been going on a tear. They got to go on a tear for the rest of the season. And then on the other side of that, a team like the Islanders have to completely collapse. And it's just not going to happen. Famous last words, but yeah, you heard, you heard it here. You saw it here. If the Islanders somehow find their way outside of the playoffs, you can all. The Rangers do have a tough schedule. I will. I will say this: they play the Islanders twice. Obviously, They're coming the caps up here, and the Bruins. The caps They're and the Bruins. Finished. But they do have another game against Buffalo before they play hey, the Islanders. Nice so. little effort here towards the end of the year. They're going to be a good team in the next year or two. I'm not. I'm not knocking the Rangers. I'm just saying it's too late, pal. They're out. They're ah, finished. Mellermania, Washington, Dal Cole would have been great when I was trying to come up with the name. You know, I was talking about where the Islanders play. Washington. Dal Cole. WDC. That's WDC. pretty good. That would have been great. That's pretty good. I wish I was as clever as Mellermania 22. I, I got to say, she's pretty consistently had me had me laughing yeah. almost every week. She throws a comment in there and, and, and got the giggles going. So keep that up. We need you every week. And we need more of that from everybody else. <laughs> Absolutely, that's, yes. That's a sign. Raise, everyone else, raise your game a little bit <laughs> as well. <laughs> wow, now you're calling them out. I'm, I'm encouraging them to be better. Okay. Not that they aren't already great, but take it to the next well, level. Well, I'm, I'm just glad you clarified that, just in case. Just in case. Whatever. Okay. So we can we can start to, to wrap things up yeah, here. You can hit the funny music. I'm going to hit the music very soon. Once again, I want to encourage everybody to go to HockeyNightNY.com. Check out the shirts. Check out the, Which button do check out the hat. And use the, the promo code we put on the screen. Which Listeners, H&I-NY10. We're not there yet, man. And, and one more little call to action. This is actually for our, our listeners. Ah, for our viewers, too. Go to your favorite podcast provider. Wow. If you haven't already... Give us, give us a rating. Give us a review. That helps us out a lot. If you want to support the show. Rate, review, and just, subscribe. Just like, exactly. Rate, review, and subscribe. But three look, R's. You go to Amazon.com, and you're like, oh, wait, hey, no, R- R- you know, do I want to buy this product or not? You, Two what do you R's do? You look, you're, you're interrupting me. <laughs> you, you say, oh, let me look at the reviews. So the more reviews we get, the more positive reviews we get, the better it is for us. It supports and helps us. So if you have a minute or two, go rate, review, and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. We appreciate that. And with that, there, go ahead, Christian. I know you, you're like, oh, I hit the wrong one. You hit the wrong one. Which yes. one? You pointed it's to that this, one. No, I didn't. Oh, you set no. me up for failure. That's the right one, pal. So we want to send. It was a sabotage. A big thanks to Tony Stabile, former co-host here at Hockey Night New York. Thank Great you, stuff Tony. Here, and of course, a huge thanks to our wonderful sponsors, Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719. West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Let me finish. I'm going to let you finish. Head on over for great food, great service, and great people. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for their fantastic selections and hockey-themed heroes. And don't forget, we're on a campaign. It's official now. Hockey Night New York is campaigning to get Andrew Gross his own sandwich at Blue Line Deli. Donnie, we need to get on this. Is it? Is Andrew Gross even on the campaign? I don't care. I'm Does on the campaign. Does he even care? He probably doesn't. <laughs> but I'm on the campaign. All right. And if Brian Compton has a sandwich at Blue Line Deli, Andrew Gross should have some, himself a sandwich at Blue Line Deli. Yeah, again, I think that's fair. But does he have to eat three sandwiches no. like we did? No, no and I'm okay with that. Andrew does yeah. tremendous work. I'm with you. Yeah. I, can't, I can't. I can't. I wish I could say the same about you. For us. Well, I was For me specifically anyway. talking yeah, about you. That's fair. I feel good about myself. Yeah. Also want to thank Tide Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at TideTechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. Three free months. Give them a call. Once again, thanks to you guys out there for tuning in at twitch.tv slash hockey.ny. Thanks to our audio listeners here. Are we going to music this time? We might. We're going to try not to. <laughs> 
Let's just give Twitch a if chance if you haven't already. If you enjoy the show, oh, I already said this. Wait, rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> See, I'm like I'm like Ron Burgundy. Whatever's on the teleprompter, I just read it. So one I'm day, Christian, Ron Burgundy. Should, yeah, exactly. Put a question mark in there. I'll, I'll mess it all up. So, <laughs> follow Christian on Twitter at c underscore arnold zero one. Follow myself at Shoney Hockey. Follow the show on all social media accounts at Hockey Night. And why? We'll see you again next Sunday. There's only going to be, what, three games left after that? Yeah. Five games. Something like that. Anyway, we've been (laughs) Hockey Night New York. Have a great rest of your night. Peace out.